0: Coming up on today's podcast...
1: With all you're getting, get wisdom, get knowledge. Because it's not the truth that sets us free, it's the truth we know. And the Bible says that at the coming of the Messiah, the two will become one with Jesus, the chief cornerstone.
0: Charisma Podcast Network presents... Pastor Larry Huck as he reveals God's prophetic plan for Israel, the Jews and Christians, and shares the historic, biblical, and spiritual reasons for standing with Israel. Now, here's Larry Huck.
1: Open up your Bibles, if you would, this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter 22. We've been talking about the signs of the times. What is God saying to us? One of the greatest signs that's in the Bible that many Christians perhaps don't pay attention to is that Paul teaches us in Ephesians chapter 2 that we who are Christians will add to our faith knowledge. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the last days, knowledge will increase. One of the great rabbinical prophecies is Is that right before the coming of the Messiah The eyes of the Gentiles would be open And we'll realize that we have Inherited Useless and meaningless things What that means is Is that some of the teachings That we believe are in the Bible Aren't actually in the Bible That they're actually Traditions of men We say them as if they're in the Bible But there's no Where in the Bible, that they exist, they've simply become our tradition. One of the great prophecies in Ephesians is that we will add to our faith knowledge. With all you're getting, get wisdom, get knowledge. Because it's not the truth that sets us free, it's the truth we know. It's the truth we understand, right? That truth can be out there, but if we don't know it, it can't set us free. And the Bible says that at the coming of the Messiah, the two will become one, with Jesus, the chief cornerstone. And that means that we're tearing down the wall of division. One of the most important things you and I can do as followers of Christ is tear down the wall of division between Israel and the church. We're going to take another brick out of the wall today. Amen. Read with me in the book of Matthew chapter 22, starting with verse 1. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again the parable, saying, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son, and sent out the servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. And again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, see, I prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fatted cattle are killed, and all the things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, kind of like the church, a lot of the church today, guys. They made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies to destroy those murderers and burn up their cities. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but a few are chosen now what this scripture is talking about is the wedding supper of the lamb it begins at the beginning of the sabbath millennium now when we're talking about bible prophecy understand everybody is trying to figure it out but the closer we get to the end the more we see clearly nobody knows when the messiah will come he could come today he could come in five years. He could come in 10 years. I, I believe he's coming in my life. And we're not a minute from midnight. We're closer than a minute from midnight. God is shouting to us, get yourself ready for the rapture. I believe that everything could be off a few years. You understand that, right? Because we don't know exactly when all these things happen. But history tells us most nations When they are 250 years old, somewhere in there, 244, 256, when they're about 250 years old, that nation either collapses or it springs forward into something great. Our nation right now, the United States of America, is 244 years old. We are right there at that window that our nation, and I believe this November is going to make a big difference. Our nation is either going to take a big spring forward or we're going to take a major leap backwards where we're and and when you go backwards, the nation no longer exists. You look at Rome, you look at Greece, you look at Babylon, you look at all these nations that ruled the world. They do not. They are not a power anymore and so we are in that six-year period if you look at the biblical calendar the hebrew calendar says that we are at the year from the time of adam creation of the world 5781 years 5781 years that means we're 213 years away from the sabbath millennium but archaeologists and rabbis and scientists have said we're probably missing 213 years in looking at archaeology and the discoveries of the first temple and the second temple. So if you add 213 years to 5,781 years, that puts us six years from the millennium. Now, you got to figure we're going back thousands of years and looking at stones. We might be off six years We don't know exactly when this is going to happen. When this happens, it's all over. But we do know that everything is saying we are right there at the threshold of the end of the world as we know it. The Bible says when the rapture takes place, two will be in bed, one will be taken, one will be left. Two will be in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. I believe... In a couple weeks, some of us who do the biblical thing, the righteous thing, will make major step forward. Some of us may be in the same home or in the same church who don't do the biblical thing will take a major step backwards. One of my best friends in the world said to me the other day, Pastor, some people are saying you're being too political. Well, let me ask you something. Did they kill Jesus because he taught what everybody wanted to hear? Come this next election, no matter what happens, those of us who do the righteous thing are going to go forward. Those of us who don't do the righteous thing are going to go backwards. You have one party that's pro-life, you have one party that's pro-abortion. As a Christian, who do you vote for? So, well, I don't like that guy. We're not talking about liking the guy, we're talking about killing babies. That's what we're talking about. You have one party that's pro-Israel, another party that's anti-Israel. I will bless those who bless Israel. I will curse those who curse Israel. Whose side do you want? Well, I don't like his personality. We're not talking about personality. We have one party that says we're going to shut down the church. There will not not be religious freedom. You will not be able to have religious freedom. Mark my word. I, I think most pastors are not political enough. And we might as well be political while we still can. The king, who's our heavenly father, says, let's have a wedding for my son. And so he invites people. He invites you, he invites me, he invites people to come. Some say yes, some say no. Remember Paul says these things are a shadow of things to come. A shadow is not something that is less. A shadow is the exact same thing until the real thing gets there. The reason why God is letting us see, getting a taste, a shadow of riots in the streets, a shadow of economy collapsing, a shadow of plagues, worldwide plagues, that I believe was released on purpose. This is a shadow of what it's going to be like from the rapture to the second coming. You see governments allowing businesses to be ransacked businesses to be burned and they go oh no it's a block party well this is a shadow if you miss this jesus is giving the illustration of the wedding supper and he says a king decides to have a wedding celebration for his son he goes and invites certain people and they say you know what that's good but i'm too busy king's upset so he says i want you to go everywhere invite everyone bring them so that my son's house is full then in the middle of that he's looking at the wedding and he sees somebody sitting there that shouldn't be there they don't have the right garments on well if everybody's in heaven everybody's in hell who's the one that got in without the right garment revelation 19 chapter 5 Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sounds of many waters, as the sounds of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. A great multitude. At a wedding, you have the bride, you have the groom, and you have all the guests. You don't have a multitude of grooms, and you don't have a multitude of brides. You have a multitude of guests. Verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory... For the marriage of the lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. So who's the bride? And who are the invited guests? That we are a glorious bride, Ephesians chapter 5. We're a glorious bride without spot or without wrinkle. Ephesians chapter 5. The only problem is when I started studying this, I went and looked at that, and that is not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say we are a glorious bride without spot or without wrinkle. It says we are a glorious church without spot or without wrinkle. As a matter of fact, there is nowhere in the New Testament that calls the church the bride of Christ. Is the church the bride of Christ? It's an analogy out of Ephesians chapter 5 that says Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, so you ought to love your husband, love your wives, as the Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I speak a mystery. I speak concerning Christ and the church. But there is nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it call the church the bride of Christ. Nowhere. The term Bride of Christ is found nowhere in the Bible. The term Bride of Christ was given to the church 1,500 years ago by Rome. We're still invited. We're the guests. There's nowhere in the Bible that says we are the Bride of Christ. The term doesn't exist. We think it does. Just like people use it, the world's flat. Well, how do you know it? Because everybody knows it. We're not the bride of Christ. We're not, we're not the bride of Christ. We're better. We're, it's better. We're part of the body of Christ. When you go into a wedding, what do they say? Are you, with, are you on the bride's side or the groom's side? We're part of the groom. We're part of the Messiah. But there's even, it's even better. Revelations chapter 21, verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked to me, saying, come. I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God and her light was like um, most precious stones like jasper and clear crystal. And she also had a great and high wall with 12 gates and the twelve angels at the gates, and the names were written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. The angel came and said, now now, first off, the angel said, now write this down. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then he said, come on, I'm going to show you the bride. And he shows the bride, and what does he show? See? Jerusalem. Who are the twelve corners of the city? the 12 tribes of Israel. Now we're grafted into that.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast on Standing with Israel with Pastor Larry Huck. We'd like to give you a special gift. Call us at 1-800-204-6545 right away. That's 1-800-204-6545. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another Standing with Israel podcast with Pastor Larry Huck.